You are listening to Lions Unchained. The podcast where the lion within you is unleashed and the truth will set you free. Join Carl Joseph right now for a life-changing word where no topic is off the table. Get ready to be unleashed into your destiny. Today, I'd like to talk about a very important topic surrounding whether or not God can actually be limited in our lives by our lack of prayers or our inability to enforce the authority that Christ bestowed to us. A lot of people put everything on God and don't think they have a part to play in the outcome of whether their prayers are answered or not. Firstly, I want to start out by saying that God is a just God, and although this may be a conspicuous point to make, we do need to review this attribute in light of prayer especially. If God is just, which he is, and Psalm 7, 9, Romans 3, 4, and Psalm 25, verse 8 say that he is, then by definition, he is a gentleman, and a gentleman does not override anyone's will. Satan, in contrast, is a usurper, a subjugator, seeking to gain authority by any means necessary for the purpose of domination, manipulation, intimidation, and control. It's a foolish thing to know that help is available and deny it. But in the Bible, there's a principle of asking that is paramount. We ask, we seek, we knock, etc. These are reminders to us that we have a part to play in the outcome. There is an onus on us to pursue and ask for assistance from our Heavenly Father, and God will honor this petition. If God were to move on our behalf without asking, he would be acting against our will, and because he respects us, he will not do so. Hence the dilemma of a loving and just God wanting what's best for his children, but restricted if they are unwilling to ask, so that he can move in their lives. Now, pride is often the culprit for not asking. Sometimes we say things like, it's okay, God, I can handle this one on my own, much to our detriment. It was this thinking that caused serious contention in the family of Abram, the patriarch. Sarai decided she had to make something happen outside of God's timing and volunteered Hagar into Abram's bedchamber in Genesis chapter 16, verse 1, for the purpose of producing a child to extend their lineage. The rest, of course, is history. Because of Sarai and Abraham's decision, the lineage of two warring tribes in the Middle East was set in motion. These opposing seeds have become a huge source of conflict. Arab versus Jew, Islam versus Judaism, etc., etc., so on and so forth. Yes, friends, our untimely and disobedient decisions can have major repercussions, but God is so merciful that he still blessed Ishmael, despite his birth being caused by Sarai and Abram's disobedience. Adam was granted dominion over the earth within the boundaries that God gave. One of the definitions of dominion in Merriam-Webster's dictionary is supreme sovereignty or the power to rule. In Genesis 3.6, when man sinned, he relinquished this authority to Satan. To speak plainly, that's why bad things happen in this world. God owns the world, Psalm 50 verse 10, and the earth was given to the children of men, Psalm 115 verse 16. But Satan has the lease to the earth until his time runs out when Christ returns a second time. Until then, we have an anointed cherub gone rogue with vast spiritual forces at his disposal, subjugating mankind all the while hidden in the shadows. Simultaneously, man himself is predisposed to evil due to his inherent fallen nature. This is the multidimensional sin war in which we find ourselves, comprising of the flesh, the devil, and demon forces. 
Remember, God gave the Israelites the promised land, but they still had to drive out the people from the land and subdue it. By faith, the land was theirs, but they still needed to apply corresponding action to take the land. Satan, my friend, doesn't relinquish authority in someone's life until he is opposed by the action of a greater authority. That greater authority is the name of Jesus, Philippians 2.9, and we believers have been given the awesome privilege of using that name. Satan is mentioned in scripture as being the prince of this world, John 16:11, the prince of the power of the air, Ephesians 2:2, 2, 2, and the god of this world, 2 Corinthians 4:4, 4, 4, and that's little g, I might add. The words prince and God are synonymous with rulership and authority. The Apostle John mentions the current state of the world in which we live when he said this in 1 John chapter 5, verse 19. We know positively that we are of God, and the whole world around us is under the influence and the power of the evil one. That is the Amplified Version. Now let's look at the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness. In Matthew chapter 4 and Luke chapter 4, the Bible says that Satan took Jesus up to a high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of this world in a moment of time. Let's read this passage together. I'm reading from Luke chapter 4, verses 5 through 7. And the devil, taking him up into a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, All this power will I give you, and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I will give it. If you therefore will worship me, and all shall be thine. The devil said that he'd give Jesus the authority to reign over the kingdoms of this world. So clearly Satan is listed as the ruler of the kingdoms of this world, and John's epistle confirms his status today for those who are not in Christ Jesus. You might say, yeah, but the devil's a liar. He can't be trusted. He's a father of lies. That's true. It does say that. However, the Bible clearly states that Christ was tempted three times in the wilderness. And in order for it to be a true temptation, Satan told the truth in this instance. He really did possess the kingdoms of the world when he tempted Christ. As the scripture states, they were already delivered unto him. Did you also notice that Jesus did not dispute what Satan said? If it was a lie, Jesus would have rebuked him, but he did not. So clearly, if Satan did not have authority and power of the kingdoms of the earth, then it would not have been a true temptation, but it was. In Luke chapter 4, verse 2, the Bible states that Jesus was tempted for 40 days by the devil, so this transfer of authority temptation was indeed genuine. People say that God is sovereign, which is true, because his word says so, but he is sovereign over his kingdom, not sovereign over the earth. The lease has been transferred from man to a rogue cherub named Lucifer. The salient point is this. God does not approve of everything that he allows. Does God approve of murder? No. Does he allow it? Yes. Does God approve of abortion? No. Does he allow it? Yes. Does God approve of theft and abuse? No. Does he allow it? Yes. You get my point, friend. Does he approve of accidents in the earth that randomly kill people? No. Remember that the earth is still cursed, and although we have been redeemed from the curse of the law, Galatians 3.13, we have not been redeemed from the curse of the earth, Genesis chapter 3, verses 17-18, through 18, until the lease expires. When it comes to spiritual authority, know this. The authority you now have in your possession is infinitely more powerful than Satan has at his disposal because you are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus right now, not when you die and go to heaven. 
Never forget, as a believer, that in any kind of spiritual warfare, Satan only has the authority that you give him through purposeful sin or disobedience. You may, however, be predisposed to certain addictions or weaknesses in your life. The onus is on us to not only deny sin, but break the curses, cast off the besetting sin, lay aside the weight that so easily besets, and live free from a life of condemnation. Until Christ returns, God does not have full authority over this earth. In his present priestly office, Jesus sits until his enemies are made his footstool, Hebrews 10.13. And we, the church, are subduing Christ's enemies in the meantime. In the millennial reign of Christ, God will have total rule and reign over the earth. Every man will be redeemed. Sin set aside and satanic forces will not be able to tempt us anymore. This, my friend, is known as a theocracy. But for now, sadly, Satan still holds sway in this earth through sickness, disease, child abuse, molestation, murders, rape, crime, pornography, and even slavery, which are still ever-present. The heinous sins of the world are still in existence, much to God's disdain, with no sign of abating. Just listen to the evening news, and you will know who is ruling this earth and the airwaves through which the news is sent. This is the reason that in the 20th century alone, governments around the world were responsible for killing, get this, 262 million people worldwide. The University of Hawaii, who were responsible for this study, called it democide or mass genocide. Did Hitler or Pol Pot or Stalin or Lenin start out as evil men or did they yield themselves to evil forces, enabling the mass slaughter of so many innocents? I think you know the answer. This is why we are admonished to pray for those in authority that we may lead a peaceable life. 1 Timothy 2 verses 1 through 4. We as believers in Christ have authority over Satan. Luke 10:19, 1 John 4:4, 4, 4, Colossians 1:13. And clearly this is revealed in scripture, but it needs to be exercised. Demons are not expelled unless the command is given. Sickness and disease must be commanded to leave. We don't compromise or negotiate with the forces of evil. We must oppose them through prayer. The blood of Jesus, the name of Jesus, the armor of God, and the word of God. Edmund Burke, an Irish political philosopher and statesman of the 18th century, once said, All that is necessary for the triumph of evil is that good men do nothing. The author, S. Douglas Woodward, also quipped, Any society that denies evil stands ready to enthrone it. These men were motivated to confront evil, and we, the church, should be ever ready to do so. We don't go looking for spiritual fights, but we know how to use our bestowed authority and power when we need to. I'm going to read this to you. This is Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy. And get this, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding in this, rejoice, not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice, because your names are written in heaven. Friend, your name is written in heaven right now. It is written in the book of life if you have received Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. That is where your authority is tied. It is tied to your name written in heaven. The serpents and scorpions mentioned in this passage are a typology of the demon forces which we have authority over. When it comes to the church, even Jesus said that we should ask the Father to send laborers into the harvest in Matthew 9.38. Let me ask you this. Why 
Why is Jesus asking the Father to send laborers? That means that it wasn't happening by default. It wasn't automatic. It wasn't something that just naturally happened, which reinforces the fact that we have a part to play in the outcome of Christianity. We have our part to play. And if we don't play our part, there can be things that will occur in the vacuum because of it. It's a very, very dangerous thing for Christ to give his glorious church so much authority and for us to not use it. What a predicament he must be in. You know, someone said one time that peace is that brief time in history when man stops to reload. And I know that sounds a bit sarcastic, but friend, there is a litany of death and destruction that man has propagated on this earth throughout his time here. And frankly, the evil nature has not been abated. Friend, there is one thing I want to make very clear to you. We do not wage war against demons primarily. We wage war against our flesh. That is the main context of spiritual warfare. Demons do exist. In some cases, they can cause maladies, accidents, etc. But our primary focus is crucifying the flesh. It is not fighting against the devil. I challenge you today to obey the Holy Spirit and ask him where Satan has propagated his deleterious agenda into your life. What areas have you given over to Satan? What areas of addiction? What compromises have you made in your heart? What condemnation are you feeling because of sin that has been unresolved? Friend, don't wait a second longer. Let's just command this junk to leave. Lay aside the sin that so easily besets. There is a weight to sin. Let's lay it aside. Let's lay aside those burdens and experience times of refreshing in the presence of the Lord. You have been listening to Carl Joseph in the Lions Unchained podcast. Every week, new episodes are uploaded. So stay tuned for the next opportunity to roar into victory. Check out our website at carljosephministries.com for exciting articles and discussion points. See you next week. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button.